The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And at the beginning of a Buddhist studies class, we often take a little time just to connect as a community this uh, work that we're going to do together. We're basically taking the pointing out instructions from the Buddha and we're using the mind to get to know the mind, to really move beyond a superficial and even though it's a little blunt to say it this way, an ignorant way of understanding our life, understanding our mind, and uh, really developing our own direct and immediate experience and understanding that comes from that, paying attention to our own mind, using the mind to know the mind. So I just want to greet everybody. I know there's probably some people here in the Buddhist Studies class for the first time, so a big welcome to you. And starting next week, you'll have an in-person option, and hopefully we'll have our internet figured out by then so that we have a good uh, quality and the live stream will be, um, yeah, not having gaps And I want to thank Kevin, who will be our program host starting next week for the in-person people, and Scott Jensen, who will be helping with technology, and Dave Braun, who will help us create the Zoom groups for those of you online. And of course, Gabe Keller-Flores, our esteemed office manager, one of Common Ground's teachers, who is really, this last year with the pandemic and so much else, has really helped us survive as a community. So just a few nuts and bolts. Most of you know, but if you're new, you might not. This is a six-year curriculum, but it's really okay for people to come and go. And uh, (laughs) if you're like me and most of us, you know, it's not enough to do the curriculum one time, maybe many, many lifetimes of cycling through these instructions from the Buddha or any wise person, the sort of lineage of wise human beings that have been doing their best to share what they've come to know about their own heart, and that gets passed down one generation after another, and we're the recipients. Now it's our turn to learn as best we can. And they're like overlapping maps, these different things we study through the six years. Usually there are four courses a year, anywhere from six to eight weeks long, And we're just taking the different instructions the Buddha gave during those many years that he taught, 45 years or so that he taught in northern India about 2,600 years ago. And so the map we're working with this summer is really the continuation of the teachings on Satipatthana, the foundations or the establishments of mindfulness. So this summer is mindfulness of the mind. In the spring we did mindfulness of feeling tone, And in the winter, we did mindfulness of body. And those talks and discussions are online at our YouTube channel and on dharmasee.org. So you can listen if you want to go back and pick up. And yes, this is getting recorded and it will stay up on our YouTube channel for you to listen to anytime. And I'm also recording the audio that will be on our um, dharmaseed.org website 
Um, you can access that through the Common Ground website or just go to dharmacy.org directly and search for me and you'll find the Buddhist Studies audio there. And really to the heart of what we do with these Buddhist Studies classes is we're, you know, it's really for people who have an ongoing practice, including having done some retreat practice, at least some half-day or day-long retreats, and a real commitment to practice most days, if not every day. And then what we're doing is we're working together, we're studying, we're taking the information, and we're reflecting on this new information that we're getting. And then as we contemplate this information, it allows us to see what we're not seeing about the nature of experience, the nature of the mind, and insight deepens. Understanding is transformed. We become a wiser and kinder human being. And so the Buddha talks about these three aspects of wisdom. We need, you know, it is a kind of wisdom to seek out information, pointing out instructions, words from those who are wiser than we are, like the Buddha, and then to learn that, hear that information and learn it or even memorize it so we can, in a sense, regurgitate it. And um, then we can contemplate it and see how does this information, like in this case, for this course, the teachings on mindfulness of the mind, how does it actually illuminate, help to illuminate our experience? How, How does it help us to see about the nature of the mind that we haven't seen before. And then to be grateful, to really recognize those little and sometimes big shifts in understanding. It isn't that our thinking mind figures out something, it's that we're using the teaching to get close, to be intimate, to see things as they are. And at some point that just that exposure to Dhamma, the way it is, there's enough exposure that it shifts the mind's understanding. And we call that insight. And in that sense, insight is always surprising. It's not like, oh, I'm about to have an insight, and then we have an insight. We're just chugging along, using the teachings to be present with the way it is, in this case, in particular, aware of the nature of the mind, the quality of the mind, and with enough moments, enough momentum, enough continuity, then the understanding of the mind shifts. So just keep in mind about that study, practice, contemplating, insight. And part of the study and reflection is that every other week we have small groups. And uh, I know this isn't comfortable for some of you, but it's really not meant to be an optional part of the Buddhist Studies classes. So next week, those of you online, with Dave's help, you'll be in small Zoom groups of three, sometimes four people. Those of you who are in the building, um, I will divide you up into small groups So the last 20 minutes or so, or have small group meetings. And just to give you a little bit of heads up, you have a whole week to do some of the study that you will find. Um, there are many options for what you might pick up and study and read. 
uh, in that link that I put in the chat, and you can make a copy of that link so you have access to it. But of course, it will be on, on our YouTube channel, um, so you can always find it there. And what you might share, and we'll, what we'll talk about tonight is when, I mean, just the first and foremost, the most interesting thing to share is just like, what is it like to pay attention to the mind? What is it like to use the mind to pay attention to the mind? So in just a moment, we'll do a guided meditation and we'll get a chance to see directly, like, what is my capacity to be aware of the mind? Do I even know what the mind is? So it's not, of course, thinking about what we think the mind is, right? There are volumes written, philosophical volumes written, people thinking about what the mind is. But if the mind is something, then it's something that can be known here and now. So what is it to know the mind here and now? So that's a lot of what we'll be doing these next six weeks, is using some instructions from the Buddha to get better at being aware of the mind here and now as a present moment phenomena. But before we do that, we'll do what we normally do at the beginning of our Buddhist studies classes is we chant the refuges and we chant them slowly. So not so much in the traditional pace, but in a little bit of a slower pace. And when we are in person, it's really nice to sing together. All of you hopefully will join me, so I won't be alone, but you're just going to hear my voice, of course, so bear with us all. And uh, many of you know about the three refuges. It's simply Buddhist code, Buddhist ritual, Buddhist habit, a habitual way of remembering what the heck we're up to with our Buddhist practice. So the three things we take refuge in, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, and they're called the three jewels. And of course, on a surface level, people, especially more devotional types, they may think of the Buddha as a symbol of what the Buddha actually points to, which is this quality of being awake, being open, being clear, being undefended, I even sometimes like being exposed just to um, evoke a kind of fearless presence. So we take refuge in that capacity to be awake, to be open, to see clearly, to feel deeply, to be intimate. With what? And that's the second refuge, with Dhamma, with the way it is, with conditions as they are, with the nature of things just as they are, especially in this study of mindfulness of mind. One of the key points is subtle is significant. And so the mind is relatively subtle. The sensation of the body sitting, the sensations of breathing in and breathing out is relatively gross. The mind, the knowing mind is relatively subtle. So we're being awake to the way it is, to Dhamma. And we take refuge where we need Dhamma. Dhamma teaches us something, being intimate with Dhamma the way it is. 
that in a way, the more we're aware of the conditions of the moment as they actually are, the more we get to know the mind. In a way, we need Dhamma to know the mind because the mind is so subtle, but the objects that the mind knows, that's Dhamma, right? It reflects the mind. And this is what we'll, we'll talk more about over the next six weeks. And then the third refuge is Sangha. And it gets loosely or maybe superficially translated as spiritual community, but Sangha is really enlightened activity. So when we're living in this way that's really intimate, Buddha being intimate with Dhamma the way it is, then what we say, what we do, what we don't say, how we are, is really creative and nimble and free and really beautiful. But not because there's somebody trying to be beautiful or wise or kind. Sangha is just the natural expression or manifestation of Buddha knowing Dhamma. It's the active expression of Buddha being intimate with Dhamma. And it's something to take refuge in, whether we recognize it in ourselves in a moment or in another person in a moment, that sort of nimble, wise, creative, compassionate activity. So let's sing this slowly together. You can just follow along with me. You'll hear the word dutiampi, that just means for the second time. And then you'll hear the word tatiampi for the last uh, three times, and that just means for the third time. So we chant, taking refuge in the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, three times. It's very simple. So if it's new to you, just listen maybe tonight or just follow along as best you can. And as I mentioned in the link I put in the chat, it's right at the bottom of that document in case you want the words in front of you. You can use this gesture if you like it. Sangang Saranang 
Gachami Tatiampi Budang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Damang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Sangang Saranang Gachami So we'll settle in to some meditation time now. Just do the best you can, cultivating a stable posture that you'll be able to hold relatively still, relatively upright in a way that supports alertness, relatively relaxed, that supports ease in the body. And you can take a couple of longer, deeper breaths if you like. But we'll take a little time making peace with the body just as it is. Not the idea, the body, but this immediate ocean of sensation that's churning and moving right here, right now. Might it be safe to open, to receive, and allow all these different sensations to be the way they are, to be exposed? to the activity of the body? Is it safe enough to relax with interest? With this continuity of awareness? And in a way it's a blessing, a healing blessing for the body, this willingness to be open or exposed to the river of sensation that's here now, flowing on and on. Giving permission to this river of sensation, letting it be the way it is, even if it's unpleasant or even intensely unpleasant. This is how it is right now. And is there a way to be fully immersed or fully open to this river 
of bodily sensation without being pushed around, without losing balance. This settledness, this calm, kind presence So in that way, we don't have to defend ourselves against the sensations. In a sense, we just let them go right through us, right through the sensitive heart. And this is also true with the feeling tone of this body, the bodily activity and mental activity. In fact, every experience has a particular feeling tone. Don't try to sort of connect with the feeling tone directly, but it's just another moving river, more subtle than bodily sensation. This mental river of feeling feels like this, pleasantness, unpleasantness, neutrality. Often we recognize feeling tone because of the liking or the not liking or the ignoring that's there liking what's pleasant, not liking what's unpleasant, and ignoring what's neutral. But keep it really simple. We're just sitting in the middle of these rivers, the river of sensation, the river of feeling tone, and also the river of mental activity. So the particular theme for this set for the next 15 minutes or so, sitting here in the middle of this moment, each moment, noticing these three related rivers, the movement of bodily sensation, the movement of feeling tone, and the movement of mental activity. And these three rivers can be known. And then there will be times the mind will be lost in thought. So let's make this the theme of our set, just to study, to recognize when the mind is, relatively speaking, not distracted, which means it's aware of the activity of the body, the activity of feeling tone, the activity of thinking mind. It's just something being known. And there will be other times where this won't be recognized, the mind will be lost in thought.
some reactive pattern, some fantasy or whatever. So if you notice that there's some distraction, obviously it won't be full distraction, or you won't even notice that the mind is distracted. You could just get interested in the particular of the distraction. Is it greed in the mind? Is it aversion? Is it delusion? Is the mind sleepy or heavy? Is the mind restless? And in those moments where the mind seems mostly not distracted, then notice that experience of non-distraction, get interested in it. Does it have the taste of freedom or ease? Does it feel good? in that inner sense. So like I said, we're going to sit now 15 minutes in silence, simply contemplating the distractedness or non-distractedness of the mind, and just see what you can learn. Remember to be just as appreciative of noticing distractedness as you are noticing non-distractedness, because the point is to learn.
keeping the mind in mind.
So let this be a dispassionate awareness of the mind. We're not judging. We're just interested in whether the mind is distracted or non-distracted, that's all. And just doing our best to have a continuity of interest, moment by moment, using the mind to observe the mind. And for the last couple minutes, let's make an effort to get a real sense, a real taste of what non-destruction feels and looks like in the mind. What is the experience of non-destruction?
And does non-distraction require that the body or mind be tight in any way? And it's important that we understand that non-distraction doesn't mean that the mind is focusing on something. 